ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 363rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are getting ready to host the Carolina Panthers on Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Panthers are coming off of a big 21-3 victory over Tampa Bay to increase their record to 2-5, while the Falcons are 3-4 after losing to Cincinnati last week, 35-17. Now, we are, we're going to have a special guest, Darren Gant, from the Carolina Panthers to come in to help us get ready for this game. How you doing today, Darren? I'm doing well, my friend. Always good to see you. It's uh, I I know I can count on seeing your smiling face twice a year, and that always makes it a little bit better. Oh, well, thank you so much, Darren. It's always a pleasure to get together with you and uh, see you at the games, and you know, do our duties on the on the committee on the uh, Hall of Fame committee. So um, I always do a great job. I'm still uh, impressed and was, uh, how, how you beat the drum for Kevin Green to help him get in there a few years back. Yeah, it's been, it's been a good run. I mean, and with Sam Mills this year, it's been a special time for a lot of Panthers fans. That's been quite a celebration up here in Charlotte. Uh, we just had a, what they called the keep pounding weekend where they honored Sam's family, brought him in, presented his hall of fame bust and some of that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's, that's been part of an interesting first month and a half of this season so far for the Carolina Panthers, d Well, all right, well, let's get right to it. Give us your state of the franchise address. It's uh, been a bit of a wild start to the season up there in Charlotte. How much time we got? What do we got to cover? <laughs> all, they've, all they've really done, Daryl, is fire a coach, hire an interim coach who's got ties to when things were good here. Uh, Steve Wilkes was on uh, staff during the 2010s when they won three straight division titles, went to the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. They traded their best offensive player in Christian McCaffrey, and now they're sitting here at two and five after beating Tom Brady and the Bucks. Of course, we all expected that. And it's kind of a funny spot because the Carolina Panthers right now are simultaneously uh, a game out of first in the NFC South and in line for a top five pick in next year's draft. So it, it's, it's been a good bit of stuff. It's been a newsy first couple of months here in Charlotte for sure. No doubt about it. And we didn't even uh, mention Baker Mayfield trade, the Baker Mayfield trade. <laughs> That's been busy. Oh, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, they drafted a quarterback. They they traded for Baker Mayfield. Both of them are hurt. P.J. Walker's now playing. And, and you know, it's, 
it, it's been a thing. I mean, and, and that's been kind of the storyline for the Carolina Panthers. And a lot of the reason, honestly, Matt Rule's not still here is in two plus years, they never found any kind of stability at quarterback. It goes from Teddy Bridgewater in year one. Uh, they make the deal for Sam Darnold in year two, and that looked all right as long as Christian was healthy. Uh, the results were pretty good early on. Christian gets hurt, and everything sort of went off the rails last year. This year's answer was going to be Baker Mayfield, and Baker was, uh, I think it's safe to say, struggling in the first five games before he got hurt. And then, you know, they make the change at, at head coach and get rid of Matt Rule, bring in Steve Wilkes. And and now it's kind of Steve sort of operated as if this is an open deal. I mean, right now, P.J. Walker's playing pretty well. So even though Baker's probably close enough to get back on the field and maybe uh, be a backup this week, I every indication right now is that P.J. Walker's going to start this game on Sunday in Atlanta, and it'll be – and it'll basically be PJs until it's not. And I think there's still a possibility we see some Baker Mayfield at some point this year. I think there's a possibility we see Sam Darnold at some point this year, to be honest with you. And right now, they just don't know. I mean, with Wilkes not being married to any of these three guys, all three of them are going to be free agents at the end of the year. And Matt Corral, the kid they drafted, is out for the year with an injury. So Wilkes has no ties to any of these guys. And and frankly, I kind of expect see all three of them at some point before the end of the year yeah no doubt about it uh darren hey offensively i was trying to figure out how they beat tampa bay and uh, i saw foreman and chubba chubba hubbard with some rushing yards there looks like they pounded the ball and got a little help from mike evans with that wonderful drop pass there Yeah, I mean, Mike Mike Evans dropping an easy walk-in touchdown on the second play of the game kind of set the tone for the whole day in that nobody realized this was going to unfold the way it did. Uh, Deontay Foreman was an interesting add, even in the pre-Christian McCaffrey uh, time period, because he's a guy who stepped in. I mean, even if you didn't know they were going to trade Christian, Christian's always missed some games along the way. I mean, he's a smaller guy in a big man's game, so injuries have been part of his backstory. And, and Deontay Foreman stepped up last year in Tennessee when when Derrick Henry was hurt and carried the mail and showed that he could be kind of that every down back almost. And, and they've got a couple other guys. You mentioned Chuba Hubbard. Chuba's a guy who um, is a change of pace guy. He's a different kind of runner. He can get outside and go, but... Deontay goes 60 yards on the box last week. It's his longest run and and kind of showed he's got a little bit of long speed too, in addition to being a bigger power back. So it, it's an interesting mix. I don't think the two of those guys are going to combine for, what, 173 or whatever it was last week. I don't think they're going to do that every week, but they showed that a little bit at a time there's enough parts in place to continue to have some kind of running game that people take seriously. Yeah, they went 24 for 181 and a touchdown. And, uh, yeah, Walker, I got his stats. He's hitting on 70% of his passes. And so who are the who are the targets, though? I couldn't figure out what, DJ Moore still? Well, Marshall I mean, DJ, Trimble? Right. DJ's just kind of quietly been one of the most consistent receivers in the league. The last three years, he's been over 1,100 yards every year. And him and Stephon Diggs, only two guys in the NFL that have done that. So DJ kind of because he's played with so many different quarterbacks and and 
not had that stability at that position. And because he plays in Charlotte, hadn't gotten the same degree of acclaim, but he's quietly put up some big numbers. They've kind of looked at Terrace Marshall as the next guy uh, that they're hoping in the absence of Robbie Anderson. And, oh, by the way, they also traded Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals the day after he uh, had a little blow up on the sidelines in Los Angeles. So um, add that to the stack. That doesn't even make the top 10 of what's going on with the Carolina Panthers this season. But, you know, they're trying to incorporate Marshall a little more. He's a young guy who is still learning how to do this, but they think he's got some degree of future. Yeah, and uh, Jacob Eason, he's a a blast from the past down here. Uh, One of the Georgia saviors at one point. He's uh, the backup, I guess, now with Baker and them. Uh... Yeah, they, they've they they called him up from the practice squad the last couple of weeks to fill in. I do think I, we'll see if he gets uh, elevated again this week. You can bring those practice squatters up three times, and he's used two. So, I don't know. Depending on how close Baker actually is, he might end up backing up PJ again. But he had to get in the other day out in Los Angeles uh, when everything was going crazy, and and did all right. I mean, he threw a pick, but it's a young guy who prior to that week hadn't taken any snaps with the regular offense or even the scout team. He was just doing individual drills. So he got thrown into the fire quick, but that's kind of the nature of this season. Yeah, and Foreman was here for a little bit last year too before he went off to Tennessee. Uh, You know, Arthur Smith had him in Tennessee originally and and had him here – and, you know, when they were trying to figure out what to do with Mike Davis and Patterson, uh, but, uh, you know, he didn't want to be, you know, the third wheel or whatever, fourth wheel, and uh, they ended up letting him go. So that'll be interesting to see if he has any um, extra motivation here uh, when the when the Falcons play uh, the Panthers on Sunday. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, I was looking at these stats. This looks weird, but, this, but I'm just double-checking with you. That they're first in scoring defense, 13.5? It's it's surprisingly enough, they've been pretty good. And and obviously putting that three on the board against Tom Brady and the Bucs last week did a lot uh, for that average. But they played pretty well. Their problem this year has been the defense has been good. They've just been on the field too long. There's a huge disparity in terms of plays. And because the offense has struggled all year long, um, those guys have been out there. So you've seen them play well for a half, play well for three quarters, and then just wear down. Because when you're trying to defend 70, 75 snaps a game, eventually anybody's going to break. So I, I think it's a pretty good group. Uh, they've had to run some different guys in and out because of injuries, especially in the secondary the last couple of weeks. But they're hoping to get J.C. Horn back. I mean, that's the thing about the weird spot the Panthers are in right now is – even though a week ago people thought they were tanking top five pick, all this kind of stuff, that defense is built on a young core. I mean, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, J.C. Horn, um, they've got Jeremy Chin, they've got a lot of young guys on that side of the ball, and they filled in the blanks. I mean, Shaq Thompson's played pretty well for a veteran guy, and they've got Frankie Louvu back from an injury now. He's been a difference maker for them at points this year. He – he um, contributed to defensive touchdowns two weeks in a row earlier this year before he was hurt and is kind of an energy guy. So they've got a pretty salty defense that's kept them close in a lot of games that they shouldn't have been in, honestly, the way they played offense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the uh, one thing you're talking about here is the fact that the offense's time of possession is last in the league, 
36. They can't help out the defense not uh, not being able to play some complimentary no. football. So what? Uh, yeah, and that's why last week was so huge for those guys on defense because they talked about finishing and they kind of know uh, they they're not going to be able to depend on. It's not like playing across from Patrick Mahomes where you know you're going to get 40 points a game. They're going to have to be a lot closer to perfect than everybody else if they're going to have a chance and. You know, for the most part this year, they've held up pretty well until some of those late game situations. Yeah, and for the uh, listeners, J.C. Horn, that's Joe's son, correct? The son of Joe. Big game. He, he he gets NFC South reunion four times a year between New Orleans and Atlanta, and, and now he's in Carolina. So it's uh, it's definitely always interesting for the Horn family. Well, yeah, Darren, I want to thank you so much for coming by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We really appreciate your insight uh, to the upcoming game. But before we go, can you, um, you know, give us a little bit about the special teams units on uh, what we're going to expect from the Panthers uh, special teams units, the punter, kicker, and uh, any top returners? Hey, been pretty good. The return game has been a little shaky uh, at different times this year. But, man, Johnny Hecker – um, longtime Rams punter comes in. I mean, he's the all-decade punter for the 2010s, and and they go out and sign him in free agency. And let me tell you, Johnny Hecker still got it. I mean, he's a flip the field kind of punter. Uh, he's accurate. He can get it out there with distance at times too. Plus, he's funny. I mean, Hecker's just a a good guy to have around the locker room because he's got great stories. Uh, you should have seen him out there in L.A. the other week after a decade with the Rams. When he rolled into Los Angeles, he was, it was like the Pope coming into town. Everybody was coming up wanting to just kind of touch him and, and wave to him and stuff. So Johnny's as close to a celebrity punter as you're going to get. and They kind of like having him around. Awesome, awesome. That's right. I remember uh, I covered the Rams team during their Super Bowl run. I was out there, and, yeah, he's pretty much the Pope, <laughs> the Pope of L.A. He, he's got an arm on it. He's got an arm on it. Yeah, he'll too, throw so it, yeah. He's to throw the mm-hmm. ball. Well, hey, uh, Darren, we really appreciate you coming by. Tell uh, our good friend Augusta Stone uh, that we said hello, and we look forward to seeing you both uh, down here at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday. We this. Absolutely. Big NFC South pre- tilt for first place. I appreciate you sending me that Georgia Bulldog. She's doing a great job up here for us. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'll tell her to keep up the great work, and we'll see you all on Sunday. I'll let all her professors down here at UGA know, Professor Michaelis and Finley and uh, Suggs know that she's doing a great job up there with the Panthers. Sounds good. Thank you, Daryl. Well, that was Darren Gant, longtime journalist in the state of North Carolina, working for the Carolina Panthers these days. We really appreciate him coming by to help get us ready for the game on Sunday. So with that, now we're going to go to the break. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Well, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We got to get ready, finish up getting ready for the game on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so we're going to uh, go through some comments from Coach Smith and Coach Wilkes, and then we'll go over our notes for the game here. Uh, we won't try to re-give, repeat some of the notes Darren talked about, but we'll be ready for the game by the end of this podcast, that's for sure. So Arthur Smith, you know, coming off of that tough uh, loss where the Bengals just handed to him, handed it to the Falcons, uh, you know, the state of the team is going to be an issue. And Arthur Smith said that they have faith in the guys that they have in the secondary. Well, we got faith in a lot of our guys that are here, um, the way we've Try to develop guys that have been in our program, and uh, it's our job to find solutions. Everybody's dealing with something around the league, and we got to find solutions. And we got a big divisional game coming up here Sunday. Well, you know, one of the big stories of the season is that the Falcons, as they switch to a run-heavy offense, haven't been able to get Kyle Pitts heavily involved. Uh, now, you know, the expectations are being lowered. Uh, you know, they're talking about his blocking, and you know, maybe four targets a game, a couple catches here and there. Uh, but the Bengals were all over him. As soon as he caught the ball, they were on top of him, hitting him and so forth. So we're just trying to figure out uh, from Coach Smith on how they're trying to get Pitts involved earlier in the offense. I mean, you got certain game plans at work, like you get into San Francisco, and it's like a heavyweight fight, and we got the lead, so you're kind of hammering some more runs in there. Um, we'll certainly look at everything. we got to get in, uh, find ways to get – guys involved uh, earlier and you know we certainly threw a screen to him and feel like he got something there but uh, Bates makes a play and it's it's nothing you know and that's that's the key is is making sure we continue to evolve too and we will and that's the that's the charge that's what I've always believed in and like I said it's it's not one person it's not one coach it all starts with me and there's a lot of things we can do better we will like I said we're right in the middle of it at three and four not where we want to be but the reality is there's a long season ahead of us, and we got an opportunity to go win a division game. So the Falcons are three and four, tied with Tampa Bay for the uh, lead in the NFC South. Carolina and the uh, Saints are one game back at two and five. So this is going to be one of those crazy years. Nine and eight might do it. Uh, Ten will definitely do it. Uh, but, um, you know, there's going to be uh, – some battles here. Somebody might pull away from the pack, and we'll see how that happens. The um, Falcons are the only team without a win in the division, and they could rectify that on Sunday. But here's Arthur Smith on being tied for the for the division despite having a losing record. See, I mean, you see it every year. I mean, you see teams that start 10-0, and 0 and then they limp in, and their season's over. You see teams that, you know, in 08, I was – Part of a team, we were six and two when we finished eight and eight. You know, you feel like at the midway point, you're like, oh, you know, you, you assume you're got a real good shot at the playoffs, and then you you sputter at the end, and that's the name of the game. And it and it's goes back even to last week. You can't ride the roller coaster and feel like you got all the answers if you get a, if you if you went on Monday and relax. And no different, it's not as tragic as it may feel on Monday. You feel awful. Uh, you know, it's not the end of the world either. So a lot of it is perspective and the reality in the NFL. Regardless of the record is at seven games in or eight games in, I don't know what you're going to call the halfway point. Is it eight or nine? I guess everybody's different. I don't know. It depends on how your brain works. 
But in all seriousness, like kind of where you're at that halfway point, it's never going to, I mean, the whole, the whole goal is to keep improving. And, and we're lucky because we're not, you know, some years you're right, you get down and the team's running away through your division at six and one, but luckily we're all in this pack right here. All right. And we know that, you know, Panthers are coming in hot. They beat Tampa Bay. Now, you know, um, you know, the Panthers win over the Bucks kind of shows you you can't take any team for granted in the NFC South. You try to you make sure it goes back to that perspective, uh, week to week, you know, the old phrase, any given Sunday, it's the reality of this league. You can't take anything for granted, and it's just another reminder. It shouldn't have to be that way, but sadly sometimes you, you need reminders. Um, and it's what we do with it. I mean, they're going to be coming in here. They, they should be confident. They're, it's been a good defense in Carolina the last couple of years. They've had a good defense, and they ran the ball really well yesterday, and they were able to get ahead, and, and they beat a Tampa team in a divisional game. And so you shouldn't need to be reminded that way, but we lost the game yesterday and didn't play very well, and they did. But, uh, you know, whatever team is able to prepare and make adjustments this week to be ready to roll is who will win on Sunday. Well, the um, Panthers have been on a search for a quarterback for a long time. <laughs> Uh, and this year was no different. They drafted one. Uh, they traded for Baker Mayfield. They had Sam Darno. But P.J. Walker is going to probably be the quarterback on Sunday. Here's Arthur Smith on P.J. Walker. Yeah, I think he's a very tough-minded player. Uh, I think, you know, it's seems like he's got pretty good pocket presence. Um, you can see why guys would like to, you know, are confident when he's in there. So I think, you know, every week's a different challenge. And certainly a guy like P.J. who hadn't been the easy road for him. But, uh, yeah, we got all the respect in the world for him. All right, let's move to the other locker room here and hear from Steve Wilkes. Steve, uh, you know, Darren said he was with them from 2012 to 17, partly as a defensive coordinator under Ron Rivera. But uh, he was able to get a win down in Tampa last week. Coach Wilkes uh, worked with the Panthers, helped them get the uh, Arizona job, but then they fired him after one year and went with Cliff uh, Kingsbury and uh, got Kyler Murray. And, uh, yeah, it was just a bad situation out in Arizona for Coach Wilkes. But here he is. As of now, he doesn't see why P.J. Walker wouldn't be the starter on Sunday. As I mentioned yesterday, it's going to be tough to, to not uh, put him back in there. And uh, as of right now, I don't see no reason not to. I'm going to evaluate things throughout the week. Uh, I thought his performance yesterday was um, very impressive in the things that he did, just really uh, commanding the offense, uh, pushing the ball down the field. Uh, he and I talked about a few things. We're in great field goal uh, position, and uh, we took a sack, which was, you know, something that we can't do. We got to get rid of the ball, and then plus on that play, Chuba should have got out in the flat uh, to give him an option to check the ball down. So, uh, other than that, I thought he had a great, fo uh, great football game yesterday. Yeah, and given all that the Panthers have been through, you know, the uh, the trades, the coach being fired, uh, the player getting thrown off the team. Uh, it's been, um, you know, an eventful first half of the season up in Charlotte, but they're only one game out. I mean, you could, you, you know, it's it's uh, the parody police are out and, you know, um, you got something to play for. You just one game out. You're one in five in um, the Giants division where the Eagles and the uh, Giants have pulled out in front of everybody. You, you know, you're probably out of it. 
You know, same thing if you're in uh, Minnesota's division. But, you know, with everybody, nobody's pulled away here in the South. So uh, Coach Wilkes discusses that, and he says he sees uh, the guys in the division, the guys see that the division is up for grabs. I think those guys see that uh, we're quite even within this division, and we still have a lot of divisional games left, particularly, you know, the, uh, the Falcons here uh, twice in uh, three weeks. So, uh, again, my mindset, my mindset is taking one at a time and just trying to win today. Well, okay, we're going to wrap up here with our uh, stat breakdown, uh, look at some notes, and just uh, review some of the Panther uh, items here. You know, 2-5, and five, lost to the Browns, lost – uh, 24-26-24, lost to the Giants, 19-16, beat the Saints, 22-14, lost to the Cardinals, 26-16, and uh, lost to the 49ers, 37-15, and that was the end of Matt Rule era right there in Carolina. Then they lost to the Rams 24-10 and came back and beat Tampa Bay last week 21-3. So both of their wins are in the NFC South. It's a, it's a, it's a wild-looking stat team. Uh, like we talked about, they're number one in scoring defense. That's the only real thing that matters, the coaches say sometimes. But only giving up 13.5 points a game. They um, are 21st against the run, 19th against the pass. 18th in total yards, so that's in the middle of the pack. They're a minus two turnover defense. That's 21st in the league. Offensively, they you know they haven't been able to do anything. McCaffrey stayed hurt, and um, you know we just really want to go off of that last game as they try to make a new identity. But they're in the bottom of the league in everything offense. Rushing 23rd, passing 28th, total yards 32nd. Uh, scoring tied for 28th at 17.7 points a game. So their problems have been on the offensive side of the ball. Matt Rule was an offensive coach, and uh, so he's gone. Or no, he was more defense. But um, the offensive guys, we'll have to go look that up. But, yeah, so they found something to work last week, which is basically running it for 181 yards. Uh, with P.J. Walker, you're not going to throw it 30 times a game. Uh, but they, they did find something last week to work for them in Tampa, and that was running the ball. So running the ball has been what the Falcons have stopped. Well, they are fifth in the league in run defense at 100.3 yards a game. Part of that is because they're 32nd in pass defense, so people don't have to run. The Bengals ran it just enough, but, you know, nearly threw for 500 yards on them. So um, they're last in the league at 306.6 and then 30th in total yards, which, you know, they're trying to downplay that. That total yards not a big deal, but, yeah, yes, it is. 400, 500 yards passing is a big deal. I'm sorry. 406.9 tie, um, total yards, 30th in the league. And scoring, 24.4 points, uh, 24th in the league. Now, they didn't get any turnovers last week and didn't give up any, so they stayed plus two, which is still in the top ten. So that's how you get over the yards. You got to get some turnovers in there. And uh, they weren't able to get their hands on the ball against the Bengals. Now, the offense, a lot of people like uh, – I ran to somebody in the uh, airport in Kentucky. Uh, one of the fans was like, D-Led, tell Arthur to open up the offense. And I was like, open it up with what? <laughs> I was like, a can opener? 
But uh, he's like, no, no, we did open it up. We threw a 75-yard bomb. I was like, so they want to see some drop back Mariota. And, uh, you know, when you get down 21 to nothing and stay with the run game, you know, then the, all the uh, Twitter um, play callers come at you. So he, he knows the territory. But uh, the offense, it's a run offense. They fourth in running the ball, 156.9, 31st in passing the ball. So, and I was like, are you fine with him dropping back, throwing the ball? And, uh, you know, and what we're starting to see, and I told Cunningham this uh, in the game on Sunday, I was like, everybody's uh, jumping in one routes. So that's why he's holding the ball. That's why he's moving around because the defenders have got the stuff on tape now. So they got to adjust their routes to come with some different route combinations because, um, you know, once he does the um, RPO and pulls it up and looks, then, you know, it's the guys are standing right with his receivers because they've seen it already now. So well, that's going to be a, a interesting as we move forward, too. So 308.6 total yards, 27, 23.3 scoring, 11. So, you know, we want stuff in the top 16 or top 10. So scoring is good. Running is good. That's what they got to do. And I, I just caught me off guard that the Panthers were number one in scoring defense. So And they're pretty salty, though. That's a, uh, Darren made a good point of that. You know, I forgot. I had down Dante Jackson, who led him with 10 tackles. Miles Hartford with seven. He's a free safety. Shaq, of course, we all know about Shaq Thompson, Brian Burns, uh, Derek Brown, and uh, Jeremy Chins, like all over the place. Uh, and J.C. Horn, that's a cornerback for South Carolina, Joe Horn's son. So the defense, you know, if they can figure out how to get them some rest, they're going to play you. They're going to play you tough. So. Uh, it's not like they don't have anything up there in Carolina. We mentioned that Jacob Beeson's come up a couple times. He was at Georgia 2016-17, uh, played at Washington in 2019, uh, Lake Stevens, Washington. Big kid, 6'6", 230. I always liked his arm. I just You just, you just didn't know where the ball was going. And all he wanted to do is throw it deep. So uh, P.J. Walker's the quarterback. He's the former XFLer. Uh, from Temple, so uh, he owes his career to Matt Rule, more than likely. He has been 31 of 45 for 296, two touchdowns and an interception. And then how they beat Tampa Bay, uh, Dante Foreman, 15 carries for 118, including a 60-yard run. Chubba Hubbard, 9 for 63 and uh, one uh, touchdown there. Receiving-wise is D.J. Morton. Darren gave a great note on that. I'm going to look it up. 1,100 yards the last three years. Then Terrence Marshall had two for 31, and Trimble had one for 29. So they're going to try to run. This game might be over in two hours because both teams are going to be running the ball. The uh, Panthers are going to try to run the ball at the Falcons' run defense, which is five. So you got the Panthers. 23rd against the run, going against the fifth-ranked run defense. And then you got the fourth-ranked rushing attack going against Carolina's run defense, which is 21. So the fav so the um, Falcons should be able to run the ball and uh, should be able to stop the run. So this should, you know, if they can stop the run and run the ball, there you go. Falcons get a W. You know, probably won't be real pretty. Tyler Algiers running really good. And um, 
you know, they're going to be hurt in the secondary, but I don't think P.J. Walker could uh, get to the guys. So they'll play play their zones and rally up. So uh, that'll be how this game's going to go down. Now, we, di- we didn't get any, um, you know, Jalen Hawkins is out. Uh, injury-wise, he had a concussion. He's out for this week. A.J. Terrell is week to week. You know, they're trying to make the Panthers get ready for him like he's going to play, but they probably shouldn't have played him last week. And uh, the other only good note that we saw is uh, Corderell Patterson's got pictures of him running. <laughs> and he's got one more game to miss. This game should be back next week if his cardio is all right. It looked like he was running pretty good to me on the Twitter, on his Twitter account. You can go see that. Uh, re- we uh, retweeted that. So that's injury-wise. Uh, you know, the secondary is going to be in um, – you're okay at safety because you can play Eric Harris or Dean Marlowe. Uh, at cornerback, if AJ Terrell's out, you got uh, you know you got you got can move Isaiah Oliver outside. You can move uh, Eric Harris and Nickel and Isaiah outside. Uh, Cornell Armstrong was called up last week. Uh, I he didn't uh, that didn't work out too well for him. Darren Hall is uh, is up and he'll take you know he'll take over at right cornerback. I don't know if he can travel with anybody if they want to stick him on more and uh, let Armstrong and the other group or Isaiah Oliver and them, you know, to deal with the other receivers. But that's your weak point. You know, the Falcons, injuries happen in the league. You know, the Falcons benefited when the Browns had three of their linemen out. They benefited when the 49ers had, um, you know, their linemen out and had a lot of people on IR. Now the Falcons got some people hurt. And Cincinnati was able to, you know, take advantage of that mismatch really really in a big way. Now, we'll see if Carolina tries to do that too. But, you know, this should be a game. I don't – might be the first game the Falcons are favorite this year. I didn't look at the lines and so forth yet, but uh, we'll we'll get to that here later today. So, with that, we're going to thank our friend Darren Gant for coming by again and discussing the Carolina Panthers. This is uh, getting ready to be – it's an interesting year now. Everything that we thought was going to happen hasn't happened. Tampa Bay's bad. Green Bay's bad. The Rams are bad. Those are supposed to be contenders. Uh, the Giants are good. They're 6-1. <laughs> you know, the Eagles are, are good. And then it's just everybody else. I mean, like last night, Chicago blew out uh, the Patriots. And Justin Fields looked good running the ball, and then he threw it a little bit there too. So, you know, stuff is, uh you know – Moving along in the season, teams are developing coaching staffs that are good or uh, getting their teams to play better. Uh, and, you know, Steve's got a tough job. Uh, Coach Wilkes up in Carolina. Uh, but he's got some players. It's not like they don't have any talent up there. So, uh, And they found a way to win last week by running the football. And I doubt they'll try to move away from that uh, moving forward. They'll try to run the ball and keep that defense off the field. Give them a rest and let them shut people down like they are. They are number one scoring defense in the league. So with that, we hope you're ready for the game on Sunday. And you go down to Mercedes-Benz Stadium and have a good time uh, when the Falcons take on the Carolina Panthers at 1 p.m. Sunday. Take care and have a great rest of your week. Ocean Breeze. Tropical Beach, Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, 
you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.